My apologies about the abrupt cutoff. We had some small technical issues with our recording device, but rest assured the rest of the conversation was in fact captured. Once we realized that the thing had stopped recording, there was only a couple seconds in there. We got it back up and running, and we finished out the rest of the show. So please stay tuned for part two of this episode, but first, a quick message from one of our sponsors. Someone is playing a deadly game. Someone who has seen one too many scary movies. Now, she's taking her love of fear to the next level. Playing games like Through the Woods, Among the Sleep, Days Gone, Dying Light, and others, Whitney loves all things horror. If you do too, or you have trouble playing games designed to scare the pants off of you, join her. Hold her hand while she climbs into the nightmares of others and tries to survive. <laughs> Excuse me. Whitney also likes to play a wide variety of other games, including co-op games like Code Vein and Portal 2, as well as popular hits like Grand Theft Auto V, Bioshock, and Life is Strange. Come watch as she plays these games and more. Watch as she takes on all manner of beasts and attempts not to walk off cliffs in the process. Give her a follow at twitch.tv slash dragonlily21. That's D-R-A-G-O-N-L-I-L-Y-2-1. You can also follow her on Instagram and Twitter at WatchWhitney. Watch Whitney Play is an official sponsor of the Reality Check Wrestling Podcast. There he is. Welcome back, Craig. Well, now I got more editing to do. Yay! Um, yeah, I'll figure it out. No one ever said this show was done by professionals. Professional yeah. events, maybe. For those of you who just missed that, we had some technical difficulties, and this is actually two different parts of two different episodes pushed all together now. Or something, I don't know. Anyway, so we were talking about your uh, wor- the worst match on the card there for we got off random tangents. Um, honestly, uh, the, the, the worst match on the card for me had to be Alistair Black and Bob Ashley, just because, like... Think like can just the Bobby Lashley Lana thing be over? I mean, Rusev's gone now. Can mm-hmm. we just stop getting this marriage crammed down our throats? And honestly, at the end of it, it kind of looked like they were like because she was furious that he had lost. So um, I think on he, Raw they continued that. Did they? Yeah, I, I might have missed it. If if I if, I heard, that... if I heard Bobby's or Lana's music, I would just probably tuned out at that moment. I think he said that he. I think it might be time that he finds a new manager or a new wife. Yeah, you know, because one of those things is is mildly disposable. Um, the other one, not so much. I will let you, our listeners, which one's disposable and which one's not. Um, so, <laughs> but that was that was definitely um, like. And not by a large margin, 
I mean, the Elias Corbin match was awful. Um, let's see. I, I do a uh, women's tag title match. That was kind of the. But again, not top tier talents, you know. Yeah, but see, I would, I would actually, I would argue, I would make an argument for Alistair Black and even Bobby Lashley as top tier talent. I, I would definitely make an argument for the four ladies involved in the women's tag matches, top tier talent. You know, yeah. it's and it's funny. You look at you look at Alexa Bliss, and I, I know that I've had this conversation. We've maybe even had this conversation before. But you like look, if you've watched NXT since when she debuted. Um, you know, she came out, she's this like cheerleader thing, fairy princess, um, and very unimpressive in the ring. I mean, she's, she was athletic, very athletic. Um, you know, obviously, you know, a good looking girl, former bodybuilder. Um, she had, she had a lot of the right stuff. It just, she wasn't putting it all together. And then you look at that and then you look at how far she has come. Like if you would have told me then that this woman is going to be what a five time women's champion, two time women's tag team champion, I would have been like, you're on crack because, uh, -uh." (laughs) you know? Yeah. Um, she, she has really, she has done. She has done one of those things very much like, uh, like Trish Stratus. But like Trish Stratus came in as just something to look at, and transcended to a completely different level. Now I think she's regressed a lot because she's had a lot of injury issues, and I don't think she's allowed to do a lot of things in the ring anymore. And I think that's why they are protecting her and put she has in this tag team. Um, but definitely has uh, come a long, long way. What I mean by top tier talent, though, not the le- legitimate main eventers. No, I'm not even saying that because Brock Lesnar is a main eventer. Brock Lesnar is going to sell tickets. Unfortunately. He's a draw. Yeah. Yes. Goldberg. It's going to sell tickets. Oh, wait till we talk about that match. Yeah. But what I mean by top tier talent, I mean top tier in ring technical talent. Okay. The one match for me that was the most disappointing because it did have two top tier talents was Brian and Sami Zayn. That one could I understand that. I I understand that Zane was trying to play the cowardly heel, but and it just went too long with that stuff, and I just felt like there was a lot that was missed there, like and and, and both rightfully of those guys so. Were great, rightfully so. And again, you know, especially think about how I felt about that match. And, and it being kind of disappointing, especially with their caliber of talent, especially considering the praise that I just gave, you know, they're like cohorts for their random thrown together match on the pre-show, you mm-hmm. know, coming at, coming out of watching Gulak and Cesaro 
on the pre-show, I, I was expecting much bigger things from the from the uh, Sami Zayn Daniel Bryan match. Now, I I it wasn't a bad match. It just wasn't it wasn't a good match either. Is that fair to say? Yeah. But yeah. Um, so Goldberg. Goldberg. No, I want to save Goldberg for a minute. <laughs> uh, so what did you think of the blow-off um, with uh, Otis and Dolph? It was good. I mean, that, Pre- that... Predictable. It was predictable. But... It also, like... I don't know. Like... If you would have told me when I first saw Otis that he would be like <laughs> having a one-on-one match with Dolph Ziggler at WrestleMania and winning and going <laughs> over. And like, I actually would want that to happen. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I liked it. I thought it was good. That was well done. I, I, they I, did, just, I just really did want well for what it was. I just really want Otis to like lean into this Chris Farley gimmick. <laughs> Uh, Otis has has been a good character, like I think since day one. Um, He's not not, going to be anything more than a mid card. Yeah, I don't ever see him holding like an Intercontinental or United States. uh, Maybe depends. I mean, he could get really over, and I could be completely wrong. But I just, I don't know. I I mean, this this. I think he's on his way to being. But I mean. This this storyline was played out well. It was well done. Mm-hmm. Probably the most well done thing on the entirety of the WrestleMania card. So storyline wise, that's that's fair. That's fair. It, it, you know, and it's it's some, there's something to be said about this as well. Like, um. You know, I've I've said it multiple times. I think I even said it probably like in our in our last episode somewhere, even because I say it quite a bit. But most tag teams have that issue where there's where there's really one standout talent and one so-so talent. You put them together and they make a good tag team, but like you know, one of them's holding the other one back. I actually I, I don't think there really is that with heavy machinery. I think they're both entertaining in their own. I would say Otis is a little bit more entertaining, but I think they're both solid enough in the ring that no one, neither one of them is like a super standout. Yeah. You know, cause uh, you know, uh, Otis, you know, he'll do the, ca- the caterpillar during the matches. Um, Ooh, we need next, that we're next podcast. Another podcast idea. Who is the Genetti? We need to go through, <laughs> we got to go the through Genetti. the, we got to go teams. through the tag teams, not just the nor like now, but like historically. Okay. Like the right. Hardy Boys. The Hardy Boys. Who's the Genetti in the Hardy Boys? I'll make some argument on that one. I know, right? Like, you can, <laughs> like if you'd have told me like, like two thousands, early two thousands, it's Matt. Mm-hmm. Now, kind of Jeff. It's uh, not kind of, um, but yeah, no, definitely, definitely something we'll have to touch base on. I like uh, it. Yeah. 
podcast ideas being born, folks. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, like for for you're the in particular, you're the <laughs> Jeff Hardy. You are the Genetti. Um, <laughs> but for the for this team in particular, yeah, I I, I think they all and and they both have those. You know, they have those spots like when uh, in Elimination Chamber where Tucker came. I mean, Tucker's a 300-pound dude jumping off. What are those pods? 10 feet tall? I don't know, but it, it was I mean, it's, it was it was taller than the top. Like, it was about double of the top rope. So, yeah, I'd probably about say 10, 12 feet. I mean, doing like a, a running cannonball. Off, off of this ten or twelve foot top of this pod into a bunch of you know guys. I mean, it wasn't impre- as impressive as let's say Dorado's shooting star press, but I mean, it but was still impressive. He's also not a luchador. Like this he, is a, they, yeah, like this is a heavyweight, super heavyweight dude. You know, doing flips off of giant things, so. doing flips and. Flips and Mr. McBossman's. Um, <laughs> but, uh, okay, so, you know, there's that. Um, I want to come back and talk about that one. What was your thoughts about the Raw tag team match? Actually, both tag team matches. Let's just knock them both. The, the Both tag team title matches. Uh, okay, the Raw one was highly predictable. I mean, come on, like... You're not going to have this hodgepodge thrown together team of Angel Garza and, and Austin Theory beating Street Profits. I did like Bianca Belair coming out and kind of sticking up for her man. That was pretty mm-hmm. cool. And and I I especially liked how he uh, how he responded to her. Like it like it was like it was I, I like he showed his charisma and he shows his charisma every time that he's in front of a camera. And that, I can't believe that. But mm-hmm. like he, it, it was well done. SmackDown, SmackDown was great. Like I, that was a highlight of that night one. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would agree about the SmackDown match for sure. Um, I, I, I really, you know, doing the ending where they're all up top, all fighting over the belts and everything. That you know, that's been done a hundred bajillion times, but the fact that one of them actually like they all had their hands on it and he took it off the clip and they were like trying to grab it out of each other's hands and Morrison grabbed the belts as he was falling down. Um, I thought it was really good. Um, you know, a bit of a unique way to do it. Um, it's still weird seeing tag team titles defended by a single person, but weird times we live in for sure. So, um, and you know, the, the raw tag. Yeah. Like you said, predictable. Um, I do like the team of Garza and theory. I like, the, I like the idea that Zelina is going to build like a stable in general. Yeah. Um, and I hope that kind of continues forward and that theory wasn't just like this one off, um, with them. Um, obviously Andrade is back now, it would seem so. Um, but yeah, I mean, Bianca Belair showing up to, to, uh, defend her man. Uh, and that was obviously her official call up because she's going to be on raw now. I, I think, 
I think personally a bit of a wasted opportunity because she never got her time with the NXT Women's Championship. And uh, because unfortunately we were very wrong about the NXT Women's Championship match. Um, Ugh. Yeah. Uh, I I think it would have been better served that if if Ripley dropped the title and she needed to take some time off, uh, apparently there's a rumor going around that she had to go back to Australia because her work visa was up. But um, then she but she's denied it. Yeah, she posted on Instagram that she was still in the States. Yeah. So, I mean, that could have been... She could still be in the States, but she might not be allowed to work because her work visa is up with the travel ban being in effect. She might not be able to travel home. So she might be like under a proverbial house arrest or something. I'm I'm sure there's some kind of deal they have worked out with everything that's happened right now. Um, so it might've been, it might've been partially a matter of necessity, but if Ripley has to drop the title and Obviously, Io Shirai is going to be stepping up to face uh, Miss Flair in her first title defense at some point here in the near future. I would have honestly rather I would have rather seen Flair and Belair go at it. You know, if 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 that has to be the direction it is with the belt around Flair's waist. and, And Ripley is unable to come back for her gold. I think Bianca would have been the better fit chemistry wise, work wise. Um, and I mean, arguably when you took Shane out of NXT, when you take Rhea out of the picture for the moment, Bianca was probably one of the more over women on the roster. She's definitely more over than EO. And and that's not a knock against Io. It's just she came back from a rant like she was out for an undisclosed injury. Or if if it was disclosed, I don't remember what it was. Um and, and then won this match, this ladder match to become uh number one contender against, you know, this this match wasn't like there was one anomaly in this match, I think, and that was Chelsea Green. Um, because I don't think she deserved to be there. Uh, <laughs> but Tegan Knox, Dakota Kai, Mia Yim, um, Chelsea Green, and Candice LeRae are are the other five women that she beat in that ladder match. And obviously, Tegan and Dakota Kai still have their thing going on. Um, Chelsea Green was it wasn't going to happen anyways. Mia Yim and uh. Candice LeRae, I know you have your thoughts on the EM, um, but you know, they would be two of the other, like, they. I could have seen anyone winning that match, really, other than Chelsea Green. Um, and, and I think I would have rather seen most other people than EO, just because I don't think EO and Charlotte are going to mesh well together in the ring. I don't know, I may, I, maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe this will be EO's shot. <laughs> this will be EO's time because, you know, there are the rumors going around that she's very unhappy in NXT and um, has been asking for her release or 
doesn't plan on re-signing her contract when it comes up. I don't know. We'll see, I guess. But uh, we were on the Raw Tag Team titles. How did we get all the way back there? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. You went on a tangent. I just kind of went along with it. Yeah. Well, that's what we're good for. That's what we're very good for. Talked about Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But yeah, um, you know, definitely not bad matches. Uh, so Owens and Rollins, obviously that one kind of showed for you. I mean, like, what what about that uh, match stole the card for you? I just, the comment, like the, the back and forthness of like, just a trash talking, like, I mean, really kind of helped. Uh, you know, like him saying, like, "Oh, you're supposed to be this god, right? Like, he's you're not wrestling like a god; you're wrestling like a, you know." And it's just, yeah, it was good. Like, I that's what Kevin Owens needs to be more like that gritty. You know, let's fight. You know, mm-hmm. uh, well, if he's gonna, if he's gonna, if he's gonna take on the stunner, and this almost stone coldish persona. That's kind of what he needs to do, right? I mean, yeah, you know, and like, like I, I like how they, you know, they, you know, and then Seth, like, they have the false finish of, you know, like he gets disqualified and he starts walking away and like, and all that sort of stuff, and then he wants the match restarted. So apparently, Kevin Owens can just make matches now, but whatever, and it's <laughs> WrestleMania. And it's KO mania. Yeah. And then, you know, Seth comes back. He's like, I can do anything I want, right? I can do anything I want now. And like, just, you know, starts, like, they went back and forth. And I just loved Kevin Owens just saying, oh, you're still a bit. <laughs> like, like, that was great. Like, you know, mm-hmm. and like I said, like, just those little tiny things that, like, just made you kind of chuckle or, like, you know, saw their personality, like, in the ring and that sort of stuff. Like, really helped the matches like you know when like they were like dead silent and like there's no talking and there's nothing and like they're trying to like call their spots but they can't really call their spots because there's no background noise so it's like what do we do now you know yeah i i don't know i thought that was really good and then obviously kevin owens you know with the high spot of the show you know jumping off the jumping off the sign jumping off the sign but apparently uh rumors had it that you know the actual match, he, what he wanted to do is he wanted to jump off the pirate ship at Raymond James Stadium, mm. because they're the Tampa. That's where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers play, and they have a giant t- uh, pirate ship. And he wanted to jump off of that. Wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Which, and and that's what I've always liked about Kevin Owens is Kevin Owens is like Kevin Owens to me. Wrestles, he don't give an f about nothing. <laughs> Kevin Owens wrestles like. Like any overweight white dude that's wrestled in their backyard, like so us, well, yeah, you know, like like <laughs> yeah, basically, well, like you're, you know, you're, like you're, just, you're not stealing really overweight that much anymore. So yeah, like just you know, stealing people's moves and like you know doing whatever and like I don't know, like I I always like, and he moves well and he mm-hmm. performs well, so. I yep. just I thought that that I like to me the hallmarks of the best matches at Mania were the ones that made me forget that there wasn't anybody there and that was that one, one did that yeah I mean 
a lot of the tag matches did because you kind of had that partner on the outside to kind of distract a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Even like the Zane Bryan match did that a little bit. Um, but I mean, for me, like the highlights of in ring, the belt, like in ring stuff was like the the SmackDown title match because it was, a, I mean, that ladder match was just well done. Um, and then like the Rollins Owens match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's a good way to put it. Yeah, for sure. So, looking at a couple of the last matches here, there are three women's title matches. I don't even really want to talk about the one that we've already <laughs> already kind of talked about, but uh, let's get it out of the way. So, Charlotte beat Rhea. Yeah. Crap. Absolute yeah. Crap. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and, and you know, uh, I, I'm not going to say it was a bad match. I mean, it was a typical flair match, and by a typical flair match, I mean like. If you've ever watched Ric Flair wrestle, that's literally what just happened in this match. I mean, she just basically went after Rhea's leg the entire, you know, 10 minutes that they wrestled or whatever. Uh, and then put her in her stupid figure eight. And and unfortunately, our champion had no choice but to tap out. Um, but uh, Rhea came out in cool Saiyan armor gear. Uh, which was pointed out by Jansen to me uh, via via text message, you know, social distancing. Um, didn't put it together at first uh, that it, that that's what it was uh, until he said something. But that was it was real cool gear, and really hope Rhea Ripley comes back soon. Just takes her title back real quick. I just what what has been the the affinity that WWE has had recently with just absolutely ruining pushes. Because Vince gets involved. Vince doesn't pay attention until until they actually he actually needs to pay attention. And then it's like, oh crap, no, we can't put this we can't put her over. We need to put the belt on Charlotte because Charlotte will bring in ratings for NXT. And unfortunately, as I I don't think we discussed on the air technically. I mean it was recording, but <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, AEW in the ratings uh, two weeks in a row now. So, of course, Vince McMahon's going to look at that and be like, well, it's because we put Hunter. It's because we put the belt on Charlotte. That That's that's why that's why your show is winning all of a sudden. And even though Hunter will look at him and be like, uh, Dad, no, Charlotte wasn't even on our show the past two weeks. Like, no one cares that she's the NXT Women's Champion. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, worst decision, worst decision of the weekend. Let's call it that worst decision of the weekend, I think. So, um, the SmackDown's championship match was a pile of clusters. Um, Bailey's awful trash talking was probably yeah. about the only highlight of that. Um, I will. I will say that uh, you know Veronica absolutely hates Lacey Evans. Not myself, but I mean, like when she clocked Sasha Banks, I mean, it looked and sounded real. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like uh, looked like she got her good. Um, so uh, probably about the only highlight of that, really. I think. Yeah, I mean, 
rather forgettable match. Yeah. Um, although we were completely right on uh, the whole Tamina getting eliminated first because oh. everyone was going to gang up on. Mm-hmm. But Tamina had a good showing, though. Uh, uh, she would. She did uh, for for being, for being what Tamina. She was. For yes. being Tamina, like she had a good showing. I think if they really wanted, like she's forty-two, I think. I mean, she's old. Like I shouldn't say forty-two is old because in wrestling, we're not, we're not exactly spring chickens. It's wrestling um, years. Wrestling yes. years. It's it's a different time. Yes, um, you know, I'm not saying that you can't still go hard when you're forty. You know, forty-two plus. I mean, Bobby Roode, AJ Styles, like these these guys are in and still going like crazy um but like if if they're bound and determined to actually do something with her at this point before it's it's time nia Jax just returned just go ahead and pair them up and let them destroy bliss cross for the women's tag team titles and just go on a tear through all the women in, have them hold up, step up and then i mean you know, who's gonna beat them exactly like just have him hold it for forever. All right, Ronda Rousey sure ain't gonna beat Nia Jax. Huh. <laughs> uh, that was great. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Ronda Rousey had made some comments about, uh, rest, you know, wrestling being fake essentially, and Nia Jax responded on Twitter basically saying that if you ever come back and like I'm forced to work with you. I will risk my job and I will knock a B out <laughs> yeah. like straight up, straight up said publicly that she will say, screw you, McMahon. And I'm going to squash this, you know, well, we've said bitch a couple times and F it bleep. Uh, bleep. Uh, I'm going <laughs> to knock this bleep out a couple times, uh, you know, for good measure. So, but yeah, no, I, I think that would be their smartest thing if, they wanted to actually do something with Tamina at this point. Um, and maybe you can build some long term women's tag teams instead of just like that. That's a problem with the tag team divisions as a whole. In any companies or there's just these random thrown together teams that they work for a minute, but they don't have that longevity. You know, we don't have teams like the Hardy boys and the Dudley boys and, you know, Edge and Christian and, and some of these other ones, we get these teams that are just constantly thrown together, just mishmashes of stuff. Um, and, and that's literally the only two. No. Well, yeah, I mean, the only two like credible tag teams as tag, uh, women's tag team champions have been the Iconics and the Kabuki Warriors. Yeah. Yeah, we're not the iconics. We're not a real tag team. Uh, but they've been, but they've been together. There's since a clear like Janetti in that team. I'm gonna have to re-ask you about that one uh, because I, I I want no, but I want to do it in the proper setting. Because uh, <laughs> again, I might have to fight you on that. Um, maybe not. Okay, I won't have to fight you on that, maybe. Um, but they're entertaining. Um, but I mean, like they they've been a t- they've been a tag team pretty much since since yeah, they became. A I'll thing. give you that. 
you know, and the Kabuki Warriors, even though they haven't been a tag team that long, at least, you know, because WWE yeah. is racially insensitive, um, they at least make sense. <laughs> they do. I mean, it's not necessarily racially insensitive. I don't think that it is. I think that it's, I mean, unless... they, they They took the two Japanese girls and put them in a tag team. That's after okay. they after they did least, that in NXT with Kyrie Sane and Io Shirai. At least they didn't name them the Jumping Bomb Angels. But they named them the Kabuki Warriors. Okay, I would rather them be the Kabuki Warriors. It sounds legitimately like kind of threatening. Like I mean I mean I wouldn't want to mess with them. Uh, our, our friends Bomb over Angels? at the <laughs> Yeah, that was an awful name. Our our friends For over at the Gimmick Japanese Minute have striking? a have a better name for them, though. I'm, uh, I don't know if you've heard their name. I, I'm not yes. going to repeat that. I'm That's not going to repeat not it easy. on the air. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I mean, it's 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 been a lot of like together, and uh, but I I, th- I think a team like Nia Jax and Tamina because they have, um, you know, because they have, uh, what are they second cousins? Something like that? Yeah, something along those lines. Every Samoan... Every Samoan is related, period. Like, it's a very small island of Samoa, apparently. Uh, Well, I mean, mean, every wrestling Samoan is basically related. Like, I mean, like, you can trace the lineage back. That's fair. That's fair. But yeah, I think I think that would be the smartest thing to do, honestly. If you want to, if you want to do something with Tamina, like give her like a legitimacy in her career as it's winding down, and then you want to continue to build Nia Jax back up, because uh, I mean yeah. you can keep them out of the single picture by just having them dominate anyone who wants to step foot uh, as a tag team. So yeah, uh, then we got. Um, I don't want to say the biggest shocker of the night because I'm pretty sure that was still relegated to Charlotte Flair becoming NXT Women's Champion, but uh, Becky Lynch actually defeated Shayna Baszler. Again, um, let's just murder a push. Like, and, and that's truly what it was, and I get that they want to do a long-term thing with that, but the long-term it's, it's thing just weird. Money, right? the long-term, and then go on a tear. Like, yeah, and then Becky comes back, and you know, like have Shayna hurt her. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like not legitimately, obviously, but you know, for take her out for a couple months and then yeah. just run have through everyone back else. Have SummerSlam and have a rematch. Like, what is the point? Why would why like right now? Why would Becky Lynch even entertain the thought of having another match with Shayna? Well, because Shayna Baszler's going to win the Money in the Bank, and I guess, but <laughs> and that's, and but that's a great, that's a but... great way to make Shayna's reign not legitimate because she's going to, you know, she's going to cash in on Becky after a match or something of that effect. Well, and and again, it, and the Money in the Bank contract stipulation is pretty heelish in itself. Like, mm-hmm. it's a pretty heel tactic, honestly. Like, I mean, there's been some faces that have done it legitimately. Like, I think, wasn't it Braun that had it? He said, I'm not going to, like, say, I'm going to say when I'm having my match. 
Uh, I think Braun did do that. Uh, Rob Van Dam did it. Well, I know. I'm just saying, though, it's very rare. Like, it's more of a heel tactic, you know, yeah. heel prop. But Daniel like, Bryan originally said it, uh, but then he then he kind of, like, turned heel and went back on that and cashed in. <laughs> yeah. But I just, like, you're, you're going to have Shayna take a babyface route chasing <laughs> after the belt to be a heel. I don't see it. Mm-hmm. Like, like it would make more sense that if it goes the other way. Like, Shayna wins. Becky can't, like, she faces her again on Raw. She loses in a rematch. Then she has to go and get the money in the bank. Then she has to fight her way all the way back to having this match. Like, that makes mm-hmm. more sense. You know? Yeah. And, and uh- having Becky call her shot, and then she calls her shot, and she wins wins at one of the big pay-per-views. The big four. Yeah. I, I would say that would make a lot of sense to me, honestly. It was it was it was a true shock. I mean like everything they had done to build up Shayna. And simultaneously burying everybody that Shayna destroyed. I mean not yeah. to say that there was much of a push or anything for them anyway in the elimination mm-hmm. chamber. But you pretty much murdered all of their careers as well. Yep. The same thing as what we said with the fiend. The fiend goes and just destroys people, and then Goldberg beats them in like five minutes. Not even, I think. Not even. I know. I can't remember. Was uh, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't even five minutes. Um, you know, and I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go ahead and take this opportunity to go ahead and segue that then. Uh, unless you had anything really that you had to say no, more about no, Shane and Becky. Was, I was done on that. Um, but yeah, so Goldberg. Uh, um, thankfully, yes, the uh, monster of the universe, Braun Strowman, uh, took the title off Goldberg. Match lasted two minutes and ten seconds. Was I'm glad time. you had the match times. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Um, but yeah, he uh, Gold or. Uh, Braun Strowman is now the Universal Champion, so congrats to him for his first world title run. Um, you know, going from the kind of almost butt of a joke, you know, winning the tag titles with a 10-year-old WrestleMania um, two years ago to being the world champion now. Uh, good for him. Good for him. He finally got that opportunity. But the problem, you know, the big thing about it, did you see the report, um, like the the quote unquote backstage talk about Goldberg and uh, Super Showdown? Um, I kind of did, but I didn't read through it all the way. Okay, I mean, if you pretty much ex- exactly what you expect out of the article is what it was, um, just by reading the headline. So, um, so Goldberg. You know, a couple years ago, when he was inducted in the Hall of Fame uh, after his series of matches and everything, uh, was talking about wanting to wanting to be able to like show his children that you know this is what Dad did. This is the this is the name of Goldberg. This is what I accomplished. Apparently, 
used his influence with uh, Mr. McBossman and convinced uh, him to win, let him win the Universal Championship from The Fiend. It was literally Goldberg, the only one rallying for the idea of him beating The Fiend for the title. He used all his backstage influence and push and power to get that title. Goldberg single-handedly defeated, or, like, buried the fiend. You know what? Because he wanted to be champion for his children to see. I hope that he never shows back up. And only for this reason is because he will be probably the single most hated heel in any arena he steps in. At this point, yeah. Like, you're going to get booed. Like, Mm -hmm. you're lucky you had that match in an empty arena because you'd have had an entire football stadium booing you. Yup. That is accurate. And I don't know if that was, like, the reason, like, and I'm fairly certain that it was, was because, like, you just legitimized Goldberg as this over-the-top heel, like, behind the scenes, and then... Like, you were going to have Roman face him, which then people, like, I don't know if anybody was going to boo any of that, but. Honestly, that, put... that reaction probably would have been as de- about as dead as the crowd, you know, the crowd was that we actually got. <laughs> True. <laughs> I don't know, though. I mean, at this point, like, I'd be okay with Roman winning it. I feel like he's gone through enough. If if it would have came down to it, I would have wanted Roman to win over Goldberg retaining it. That's for sure. I, but I'm I would have, actually I would have been okay with Roman beating Fiend. Like, I know I that think, it would. Uh, I think that match could have been good. Huh? I think that match could have been good if we had got it. Yeah. Of course, we might not have got the Firefly Funhouse match had we got Roman Fiend. Uh, for the title, so. But, I mean, yeah. Braun Strowman smashed Goldberg in 2 minutes, 10 seconds. It was about 2 minutes and 6 seconds too long, but, uh, I mean, they made Strowman look strong. Um, They made Goldberg look like a a bleep uh, (laughs) because, I mean, he, he took, like, five power slams from Strowman, but it wasn't like Strowman kept trying to pin him like in the next match like every time he hit him with it like he just kept hitting him and hitting him and hitting him with it to uh to just make sure that he was just down for the count so yeah we don't really know how many it would have quote unquote taken one probably but uh but yeah I mean one was definitely not the number of F5 Brock Lesnar needed to defeat Drew McIntyre. Um, Cause uh, I mean, Brock made Drew looks real strong. Um, I, I don't think, I don't think in the history of Brock Lesnar, there have been many people that have ever kicked out of the F period. I know at one point it was like, it was the unwritten rule when Brock hits you with the F5, you don't kick out. 
Um, but things change. Obviously, Brock's got to put someone on somebody. But Brock Lesnar hits Drew McIntyre with that first F5. And not only does Drew kick out, he kicks out at the one count. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that right there is unprecedented <laughs> in the world of Brock Lesnar. And he hit him with like five F5s or something like that, I think, by the time it was all said and done. And he, you know, kept kicking out. And obviously, you know, it's, it is what it is. You got to suspend your disbelief for things. But, uh, you know, Drew McIntyre for 35 seconds is the new WWE champion. What time? After like four minutes, 35 seconds. Oh, okay. Um, so less, less time for the world championship matches at WrestleMania than was uh, at Super Showdown. So there's a fun fact for you. But uh, the other thing is this, is there was a maximum of five total maneuvers used in two matches for world championships. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's Trash. accurate. Trash. Well, and now we won't have to worry about that because both of yes. the problems of those matches have been removed. Thank goodness. And we hopefully, like you said, Goldberg never comes back. Good wrestling. Yes. Hopefully Goldberg never comes back. Hopefully it's a long time before decides to come back. Um, although, I mean, with WWE going on their crazy cost-cutting uh, right now, it might be a while before Rock comes back because Vince isn't going to want to pay him for a minute. So, because I, I believe Mania was his contract appearance on his current deal. So oh, good. Bye-bye. But, yeah, bye-bye. For a while, I, I'm okay with Brock. I'm even okay with Goldberg. Eh. I'm not okay with either of them holding carrying around championships at this point in time. Huh? With carrying around that belt. Yeah, with holding major championships at this point in time in their career or yeah. not putting over major talent. Yeah. I like, mean, it, 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 makes, it makes the title look like a prop and people already give WWE crap period because you know the titles are just props they don't mean anything effectively well, I'm sorry when people like Goldberg and Brock Lesnar have them it, that's when it makes it look like a prop to me yeah so but yeah um, that was kind of Wrestlemania um, that was the majority of what we were going to cover tonight. Um, we are running a bit long for a single segment, but I think we can just do this in one single segment. Uh, or at least you guys will see it as one single segment. It's actually a couple segments put together. Thanks to Mr. Craig, uh, our recording robot, not working properly. Um, <laughs> so, um, let, let's, let's hit with the uh, big news from this week. And that is the fact that WWE has gone bunch of cost cuts um we're talking about 30 different people uh either completely released or furloughed um from wwe this week uh and it's it's a crazy list i have the thing in front of me we're gonna take a couple minutes to discuss this uh we're gonna start with the kind of so-so people because there are some people on this list who just don't 
really know or need to talk about because they are what they are. Um, so, uh, general on-air talent, they released Josiah Williams and John Quasto. I don't, I don't even know who John Quasto was, honestly. No. Um, Josiah Williams, I, I know who Um, but, uh, they released, uh, from the creative team, Andrea Listenberger. Uh, they released, uh, Mike Kyoto, one of the That's referees. shocking to me. Yeah, I mean, he was longtime referee for them. Um, let's see if I could find how long he had been with WWE. Let's see here. He has been with WWE since... Oh, crap. I'm pressing the wrong buttons. Pressing the wrong buttons. He was like the second tenured like referee to um Charles Robinson. Yeah. I or yeah. yeah. He has been with WWE for thirty one years. That's crazy. Absolutely insane. Uh you know, and he's uh he's um done a lot of big matches. You know, he refereed John Cena Rock at WrestleMania 28. Um, he was he was featured in WrestleFest on iOS uh, in 2012, like a video game. Like he was actually featured as the referee in that game. Hmm. Um, he featured, you know, he's done multiple championship matches. Uh, he was uh, he's been head referee of Raw. I don't know if. Uh, I mean, yeah, he is. He's. He, they weren't exclusive after a certain point, but I mean, he was. He was a long he, there for a long time, and like I'm looking at this thing, he's only ever had one bump in his uh, record. That was back in 2011. He was suspended for wellness policy violation, but that was it, like hmm. one time. And he was. Uh, oh, when he was when he was released, he was the tenured referee in history. So yeah, they got they got rid of him. Um, I mean, not not some of some of the some of these backstage people may be furloughed. We we know that the producers uh, have been furloughed, with the exception of Kurt Angle. Um, so maybe maybe he's not done done, but it kind of looks like done. Yeah. Um, they released Jerry Soto, released Aiden English as an announcer. I mean, he obviously had transitioned from wrestling to announcing on the 205 Live brand. Um, you know, some of some of the cuts with that make me think that 205 Live is, you know, not long for this world as well. But a couple announcers there. They released some coaches in center. They released Serena Deeb. He just returned to the company a couple of years ago. Ken Dokation and Chris Guy as a steal. They're gone. Um, looking at the producers, Kurt Angle has been released, released. But um, uh, a ton of other producers have been furloughed, which means that they're basically laid off and will return to work at a certain point in the future. Um, but they uh, furloughed Kid, uh, Billy Kidman, Mike Rotunda, who's 
known as IRS, who actually yesterday morning before the announcement of him being released or furloughed or whatever, had appeared on WWE television uh, for their show, The Bump, um, which is like a Wednesday morning like talk show that they do like on, on Facebook, YouTube, that kind of stuff. He actually appeared on that show as IRS uh, before, before getting released. Uh, he's also the father of Bray Wyatt and Bo Dallas. So that's got to be a kick in the junk. Pat Buck, Fit Finley, who has been like one of the biggest people behind like the women's evolution. Uh, so it's crazy to see that he's gone. Uh, Sean Davari, Scott Armstrong, Sarah Stock, Shane Helms, Lance Storm, all of them gone. Um, it's just kind of crazy to, to see that. Now, I mean, they are furloughed, so they're going to come back again. I, I, sh- I should say that but it, it's still really crazy and folks i mean we're not we haven't even hit the list of actual wrestlers released i mean that's where we are now and some of these names are kind of like you know whatever but but some of the other ones are kind of like why um they released Alyssa marino i couldn't tell you who she is um they released dan matha uh, which he had only been on like once, once or twice, I think. Um, they released MJ Jenkins, Deanna Perazzo, Alexander Jaksic, all NXT people who have, you know, had very uh, low exposure. But mm-hmm. then you get into the main roster, okay? Or like, quote unquote, main roster. They released... Um, I'm going to skip him and come back to him. <laughs> they released No Way Jose, um, Mike and Maria Canellis, uh, Primo and Epico, which it was crazy that they were even still employed anyways. I don't think they've been on WWE TV in years. Mm-hmm. Um, they released Eric Rowan, Sarah Logan, Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, so the OC is gone. Uh, they released EC3. Um, which that one doesn't surprise me a whole lot because he's been dealing with concussion issues. So um, I think that was more of a medical choice. I don't think he's going to be able to be cleared by WWE's system. Um, they released Drake Maverick, Kurt Hawkins, Zack Ryder, who's been there forever. Heath Slater, Eric, Long- Eric Young, Leo Rush, and Rusev. Um, like I kind of started talking about there for a second. I mean, some of these don't surprise me. Uh, they they really don't. Uh, some of them do. Um, you know the the OC being released. That's kind of surprising. Uh, especially considering they were part of the Boneyard match and. Yeah, like they haven't. I know they haven't had their run how they probably pictured it coming to WWE. Uh, you know, at at that point in the career where they did, but I mean, I would have thought that they would have been on that up and up because of the Boneyard match, because of the fact that the OC was picking up steam. You know, they had obviously tried to put them together with AJ before, and they didn't do enough with them. But they were they were doing it this time. It seemed like they were really doing it this time, and it. Well, not so more, not so much. 
Drake Maverick. Uh, did you watch that video that I told you about? Yeah. It was hard. It was hard to watch. Yeah. Um, Drake Maverick posted a video uh, after he was re- had been officially released, um, and it was definitely a shoot. Uh, he was he was very real about his feelings around everything. Um, it, it was it was hard to watch because this grown man was very legitimately upset that you know he wasn't going to get to he wasn't going to get to continue doing something he loved in, in this company. And the worst part, like honest to god, the worst part about it is. They released him from his contract, but they're still going to make him wrestle in the NXT Cruiserweight Championship Tournament. Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously they're paying him for those matches. So I guess he's got a bit of a up on some of these people that are going to get paid for matches beyond, you know, anymore. So I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't knock it for that. But I mean the dude is a very talented wrestler. If you've ever seen Mark Andrews wrestle, I mean, Drake Maverick is literally the same size and they remind me a lot of each other. Like mm-hmm. he, he never really got to showcase any WWE because I figured when they moved him to two, when he came in as two Oh five, two Oh five GM, that would be like how Austin Aries came in as commentator for two Oh five. And he transitioned into a, actual in-ring role. I thought that that was going to happen. And then when they started doing the 24-7 championship and he was going after that, oh, okay, this is his transition. This is him getting ready to become a wrestler. You know, like actually wrestle for WWE and it never happened. And now, oh, he's in the interim Cruiserweight Championship tournament. Heck yeah, now he is going to wrestle. And then they're like, oh yeah, but he's he's fired out. <laughs> so spoilers, he's not winning. Um, <laughs> yeah, like... I think, you know, and and it's one of those things like you watch, you we've watched what's happened with WWE and with the revivals contract mm-hmm. issues for such a long time. They they just basically held the revival hostage, mm-hmm. and the fact that they were willing to just kick to the curb like a lot of really good talent. Like, mm-hmm. like Ring of Honor, Impact, New Japan, AEW. You guys just got like gifted some stuff from eight, from WWE. Oh yeah. Because I mean, well, if you think for one second that Gallows and Anderson aren't going to either AEW or New Japan, you're high. Uh, I would imagine they're going back to. They're probably going back to New Japan. And that's what I figured. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you don't think one second that Impact isn't going to welcome with open arms EC3. Or Spud, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like. Yeah. I'll be honest though. I I would actually I would actually see them make a play for AEW more, um, just because, like, Impact would probably welcome EC3 back. I'm not sure sure he would want to go back. He had issues with Anthem before he left, and that was part of what made his decision to leave. I guess, like he he likes Dixie Carter. You're like, because he was a big fixture, obviously, when in the Dixie Carter era of Impact. Um, yeah. But when Anthem came in and she became just a, a literal figurehead and not 
really in charge of the company anymore. They kind of were on odds, and that's what caused him to like pass uh, on re-signing. Um, but I mean, wherever EC3 goes is where it's going to go because they're like best friends in real life. So, who? EC3 and Drake Mavic. Honestly, I want them both to go to NWA. I think EC3 would do well in NWA. I'm not sure how well Drake would do. I think he'd do all right. I think he'd be better suited, um, honestly, for for uh, AEW or Ring of Honor. I mean, I agree with you, but I'm just saying, like, if they're going to be a package deal, I, I mean, I think EC3 would be better off in M- NWA. Like, it, this is what, when we were talking about, like, the cuts, like, I wanted to get into where you think everybody would be best suited, you know? Okay. So, like, for me, I think, like, Hawkins and Ryder would be best suited in Ring of Honor. You think? I think so. I don't think that, I mean, I... It, because they're WWE talent and they could hop over to AEW, I just don't foresee them being. I think that they need to have a run in some place else first. And that's fair but to get Cody some momentum. Also, Cody also went to bat hard for Zack Ryder and, on and, his Instagram, and, uh, so and they I, might make a play for him. And they could, and that's what I'm saying. Is but I'm just saying I would like to see them go to Ring of Honor because I don't see them jumping to AEW and having an immediate like impact, you know, whereas like some of these guys, if they went to that immediate impact, have that immediate impact, build up some momentum, be there for a year and then move to like AEW or back to WWE or wherever. Mm -hmm. Um, Rusev, that's the one that's the biggest question for me. I think Leo rush should go to AEW. He fits the high flying, the fast paced, High flying. I feel like he'll go back to Ring of Honor. I I don't think so. I think Leo Rush fits AEW perfectly. I think he would fit there perfectly for sure. Um, I, I I'd have to say that that Rusev's he's going to AEW. Like they they're they're not dumb. You know darn well that those guys those EVPs the elite. Uh, are are very very savvy to the business and, and what the idea of the fans want, and you know darn well that the fans want Rusev. Like Vince McMahon didn't but, get it, but I don't want I don't want like, AEW to become the WWE graveyard. I know, yeah, and 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 that's what I'm saying is, and I don't want that to happen. And that's what I'm saying is like like some of these people like Rusev like. Is a is a like he made himself a, a a name like it wasn't a main event name, it was a name, and it just depends on how how you book him moving forward. Like if you book him as like the Bulgarian brute, that's boring. Like mm-hmm. I want I want Twitter Rusev in a ring because Twitter Rusev is highly entertaining. Handsome Rusev, <laughs> like. Twitter Rusev is straight fire. Twitter Rusev is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like get like just I mean that's what I'm saying is like some of those places that like I mean in AEW he would definitely have a lot more leeway to kind of do what he would want to do creatively. But I don't know that I don't know. 
I could see him having a good run in New Japan, though. Really? You think? I think so. I think that, you know, given, like, you know, his gimmick and, like, I think that he could be, like, like one of those. Because, I mean, like, really, like, look at the Americans. Like, the Americans that have gone to New Japan, like, historically have been, like, your hosses, you know? Yeah. Like, like, and I think that Rusev fits that Haas American style that. I mean, if, like, if they made a smart play for him, um, you know, and, and I haven't been following New Japan. I mean, prior to COVID-19, I hadn't been following New Japan as closely as I used to. Just because there's so much content everywhere now for everything. Um, but. I think I think that if he were to go to New Japan, they could I think they could I think they could put him in the new Bullet Club and maybe like rebuild the Bullet Club. Uh, well, I, like from where it is. Could you imagine right now Rusev, Gallows and Anderson showing up in New Japan, mm-hmm. and just saying, "No, we're taking this now," and then having Rusev win the United States title and having a run with that, I could mm-hmm. see that. And especially, um, you know, especially as New Japan wants to uh, build their uh, their, uh, their United States fan base and you know you know like the current IWGP United States champion is Moxley if they were to have you know Moxley's obviously not going to be able to focus on New Japan as he is focusing on AEW at the same time you know Rusev come in take it from him I could see that I could see that I just think Rusev would be better suited over there like that I mean I'd like to see Zack Ryder get a shot I mean I think they're doing a good job with Ty Dillon with uh, Sean Spears right now Mm -hmm. I mean not as great as you'd hope but yeah I mean there's kind of a limited amount of stuff that they're able to do but I think that they are still doing good by him Cody made him look strong in their match for the uh, TNT championship. Oh, that match was good. That match was good. Um, I, I, I honestly wish that Sean would have won, but at, at, once they had revealed the brackets, as we talked about last time, um, the fact that the fact that uh, the brackets are going to boil down to Cody facing Lance Archer, the are murder just, hawk, just just too overwhelming. So yeah. And um, can we just take a moment and just like bask in the glory of the fact that we get to listen to Jake Roberts spit promos again? Like, <laughs> I forgot how much I love Jake Roberts until he showed up on AEW again. And and that's and that's fair. Um, it's 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 nice to see he. Definitely 
you know, he was in real rough condition for a long time there. Oh, it's such so, a good story. But yeah, I mean, yeah, no, it's it, it, good. We're off topic. <laughs> Um, here, here's one that's an easy prediction for you. Uh, Deanna Perazzo goes to Ring of Honor. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's not like she's not dating the head booker in Ring of Honor or anything like that. Yeah, so. be yeah. And, and she spent the better part of her time, um, you know, get making a name for herself in Ring And the fact that they, you know, this works out nicely for them because they literally just wanted to. So going back to the early part of the year, I'm um, being the women of honor champion and the issues that they were having. Well, they just threw that title out basically. And they were going to crown a new ring of honor women's world champion um, this summer. Obviously that's kind of ipso facto here. They, to my knowledge, they never announced the official participants. Uh, like all of them. Yeah. So, I mean, depending on how long they delay it, I mean, Parazzo might be in there and she just might become the first uh, of that champion. So, I mean, that one's kind of easy. Yep. But, um, so we, about, I don't think Eric Young goes anywhere. I think he's, I think he's done. Um, yeah, he's been dealing with uh, health issues for a while. I don't want him to be. Um, I would like to say that I don't want him to be. If he if he does go anywhere, he's probably going back to Impact. I know, but um, they definitely spoiled that. They had a good thing going with Sanity. They really did. They ruined um, it. And don't get me wrong, I like Alexander as part of Imperium better than as part of Sanity. But I don't know. Dane so, hasn't done anything. I mean, uh, like they, they tried to put him in this this program, and it's not gone over well. Yeah, it, I I think he just he needs someone that he has some good chemistry with that he can throw around. Yeah, but um, where do you think Slater will end up? I I don't know. I. Uh, Slater's one of those weird ones that could go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, because you just didn't see much of what he could do. I mean, he's been such a gimmicky character and oddball character, kind of like Hawkins. But I think Hawkins could just like stop and go train, go be a trainer. Well, he has a wrestling school. So. I know, what I'm saying is he can go be a trainer, like a school, like you know, run his school. Yeah. I, I don't know about Slater, though. He's got kids. He's got a... <laughs> <laughs> I need this job. <laughs> um, I don't know. That one's, that one's hard. Yeah. Okay. Um, what, what do you, what do you think the, uh, over under is that Rowan ends up in AEW with, uh, or Brody Lee, I'm sorry. I want them to keep keep them as far away from each other as they could possibly keep each other. But they I think they're good. I think they're good friends out there. Uh, that's fine. Be friends. But don't... No. 
you don't want to rehash that again. And I don't know how much longer Mr. Brody Lee can continue with this stuff. And continue, continue not being Mr. McBossman, even though he is for sure being Mr. McBossman. Oh, for sure. <laughs> All I'm waiting for him to say is, this is such good Good bleep. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, th- this is, I mean, that whole thing, like, the fact that they're so vehemently defending it is literally just the same thing them, you know, when they're defending the idea that there is no Wednesday Night War. There, there is no bad blood between the two companies. Like, there is. You're, you're definitely, you're definitely doing this. Stop! Well, and, you're you're insulting intelligence by saying that you're not. <laughs> and WWE, I mean, like AEW is the is the underdog in this scenario, so they have to make their name at the expense of WWE. At this point, if WWE retaliates and says anything back, then it almost legitimizes what AEW does. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I got, I got a, I got a funny thing to pick a bone with you, actually, as well. No, not pick a bone with you specifically, but something to come back to in regards to this. So, uh, you know, um, AEW talking about AEW just reminds me something. Um, but yeah. Let's see who else we got on this list here. Uh, Sarah Logan probably just kind of wanders around a little bit, goes back to being crazy Mary Dobson. I think she could do well in AEW. They could use another face in their women's division. Maybe she'd have to be careful with that though, with um, with her husband still being employed by the W. Um, yeah, well, you know, there's a few people whose significant others are. Employed with rival companies. No, and and that's fair. I just, you know, I think that's something that hopefully they have that discussion and make sure that they kind of hash that all out before anything is, you know, pen is put to paper. I mean, obviously they got ninety days before pen can be put to paper, anyways. But um, Primo and Epico, they'll just go back to Puerto Rico and work for their father. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, uh, so uh, the Canela Sisters. Is... Ring of do you Honor. Think, as you say, do you think uh, Mike Bennett goes back to Ring of Honor? I mean, he had probably his biggest and best run in Ring of Honor. He wouldn't go back to Impact. I think they treated him too poorly. I think I think he's been treated poorly. He's been been treated poorly for a number of years, and yeah, I, I listened to that guy's story, and I became a fan of Mike Bennett. And I really liked that guy, and I really wanted some good things for him. And when they started to put him in with the cruiserweights, I was like, oh, finally, he's getting some airtime, that sort of stuff. And When they the started pairing him with Tony Nese, I'm like, oh, yeah, are we going to build to a cruiserweight tag team division? I mean, granted, we don't need another tag team division. Yeah. But, I mean. But, I mean, like, like I mean, I really wanted big things for that guy. And, and so, I mean, I, I'd be okay. I mean. I'd be okay with Bennett going to either ROH or AEW. 
I think mm-hmm. that they would. I think either company would treat them right. Hopefully, I think, I think AEW really like, like, and that's the thing is, like, I mean, how many of these people are like have been have texted Cody this week? <laughs> What's up, buddy? Cody's, <laughs> Cody's phone is just on fire right now. It's melted mm-hmm. with text messages and phone calls from former colleagues. Hopefully, if you if you're the smart one, that you don't text him and you let Cody hopefully text you. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's you know, there's a lot of different places that these people can end up. Uh, July fifteenth is the official date that they can compete. Um, I I'm not sure of exactly how how that necessarily works but uh, like they could actually appear prior to that as long as they wrestle I think so um, you know I mean obviously we know the revival is going to AEW that'd be a no brainer apparently they're going to go by the revolt they filed the trademark the revolt um, uh, they, they filed trademarks for fear the revolt I like and, it. And hashtag FTR. Uh, so that looks like that's going to be their new official name. And we'll get that dream match between mm. the Revival and uh, the Bucks. Oh, that tag division is going to be so good. Well, hopefully they it already is. do something with it then. Like, don't get me wrong. Again, I like Paige. I like Omega. They don't need to be a tag together, though. They they don't need to be a tag together, and they don't need to have the they don't need to have the championship around a. They don't need to have it around one of the EVPs. Way anyway. sorry, like it's it's. I think it's still a little too soon. The company for that for a belt to be around your waist, and the fact that it's a tag belt is just weird. Anyways, well, I just I mean, like but... it will not surprise me to see Cody win the TNT belt. But that's the mid card belt, you know, and as we already discussed, like it's going to end up being Cody and Archer in the finals, and Cody's the only one who can maybe put any legitimacy behind this belt. Well, you have to look at it from TNT's standpoint. Like if they if their name is on it, they're going to want the biggest bit straw. Yeah, like who's going to hold it? It's going to be Cody. Like, I mean... I mean, that promo first... he did, where he's sitting there smoking the cigar? Yeah. That was, that was a darn good promo. Yeah. I mean, he said some good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. But... So, um, circling back to something, I wanted to bring this up, because I think oh. it kind of chapped me a little bit, alright? Alright. And then you had... Uh, you had said something about um, the well this is definitely not the thing I was looking for uh, um, you're talking about AEW right okay. okay so there was there it is that's what I wanted to see it there was some debate apparently recently about Pro Wrestling Illustrated 
right? Pro Wrestling Illustrated took to Twitter a couple weeks ago, and uh, I'm just going to read you the exact uh, twi- tweet, okay? Yeah. April 3rd, for those wondering, uh, PWI currently recognizes four championships as legitimate titles. WWE Championship, WWE Universal Championship, AEW World Championship, and the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. So, I mean, and obviously that's, you know, that's peeved off a lot of people in in general, but um, you bringing up the AE, you know, like AEW just reminded me of that for whatever random reason. Um, but, like, they don't recognize the Impact World Championship, which... They shouldn't. Yeah, pretty much. Um, they don't recognize the Ring of Honor World Championship. That which, one's a problem. Yeah, I have a bit of a problem with that one, but we'll come back to it. They don't recognize the NWA World Championship. That's a problem. Um, and the biggest problem that I have, the biggest problem about that list that I have, um, do you want to take a stab as the biggest problem that I have there? Triple A? Nope. <laughs> but that one was mentioned as one that was not... Um, the NXT. No, actually, I I have I have zero problem with that one not being recognized as a world championship. Really? Like, I as much as I love NXT, I I really don't have a problem with that. And and there's a reason why because of the reason that I have a problem here, the AEW World Championship. Okay. okay. I get it. You know, I get why it's recognized. Because AEW has come in and forcibly inserted itself as the two North American brand, um, the probably the number three brand overall. I mean, you could maybe make an argument for number two brand overall, but I think IWGP or New Japan Pro Wrestling is still higher on that list than AEW is. So, what? in your opinion, legitimizes a title as a world title? Um, it's got to be, it's got to be contested in different countries. Okay. And, and that's, that's, that's to me, that is exactly how I feel. It should be defended in multiple countries to have been recognized as a world championship. Okay. Mm-hmm. Has the AEW championship ever been defended outside of the United States? In a... And you, and you, you cannot count international on um, Jericho's cruise, even though I don't, I'm not sure if it was actually defended during it's the, in the Bahamas. Like, I don't know. Like, Jericho had that that uh, he had that that stipulation with Tanahashi, but he didn't actually defend it against Tanahashi. No, because he said that he said you know, like if he can beat him in the Tokyo Dome, then he can have a championship match with the AEW Championship. Yeah, and he didn't even, if I remember correctly, at the Tokyo Dome, he didn't even come out with the title. Which I mean, you know, and that's true too, but I mean. 
Uh, and and again, it's it's a bit too early to say that, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. I agree with you. And the, under that stipulation, then yes, it's not technically a world championship, but I don't know. It also and, again, and again, I, I get it. it. It's also, still infantile. It is in its infantile stage, but like when you're excluding, when you're excluding Ring of Honor and the NWA, um, you know when you're excluding those championships. Hell, when you're excluding the Impact World Championship, that is legitimately defended in other countries. It's actually defended in Canada more than it is in the United States anymore. Um, and. But I mean, there too, like, in see, the NWA should still. I, I don't know. That's a hard. That is a very difficult and curveball question. Good job, Rob. You got <laughs> me. Okay. Okay, because, I mean, technically, didn't the? I mean, I think the NXT Championship has been defended in other countries. Uh. Maybe in Canada, but I don't think it's ever been defended outside of Canada, like outside of North America. Yeah, I mean, because they because they've never made any Saudi. Um, and there too, like what you know, like with the like with how things are being done now, like you know, is it a, is it a question of is it is does the promotion have you know, a certain level of talent from various, you know, various countries. Like, are you, like, are you able to look at like TV markets that those companies are able to serve? So that way it's like, I mean, so somebody in Japan can watch AEW and can view that as their, their world champion, you know, that's a possible possibility. I mean, really, you know what? And, and and that that's actually a fair assessment that uh I did not think of. Um you know, the the fact that the fact that maybe maybe they have to look at it as a combination thing. It has to be not only does the championship have to be defended you know, legitimately around the globe, but it has to be viewable by people around the globe. And you think about it, WWE obviously has globular, uh, globular word. I don't know, but has, go with it. Yeah, they have a globular reach because um, they are the biggest company in the world. The global you cannot, reach. You, you cannot argue with the fact they are the biggest company in the world. Um, the the fact that you know the the WWE and Universal Championships have been defended in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> regularly um and the wwe championship itself has a edge of being defended in other countries the, no one will ever make the argument that wwe's championship uh is is not a legitimate world title um the universal title you could maybe make an argument but again it has been defended in other countries the iwgp heavyweight championship has been defended in the united states uh, it's been defended elsewhere in europe um and they do have a global reach as well um so again no one's ever gonna no one's ever gonna 
doubt those ones. Um, you know, and maybe maybe that is the key, the reach. Because you think about it, Ring of Honor um, doesn't have that great of a global reach. NWA, unfortunately, does not have a reach like at all anymore. Um, you know, same, same, you know, again, the argument can be made with Impact. Uh, they don't have a global reach. Um, now, on that inverse, then wouldn't NXT be considered a world title? Well, you go back to the point of, well, it, it maybe it has to meet both of those criteria. Um, like, well, no, because then, then again, the AEW World Championship is disqualified. I don't know, but I mean, maybe know. it does. Maybe it has to do more with the reach, um, of the company than the title actually being defended in. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But, I mean, it still is... At the end of the day, you you already know the list is kind of bunk anyways because the NWA World Championship is arguably the most prestigious belt, like, in the world anyways. Like, yeah. sure, it's, 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 lost, it's lost a bit, in the past, you know, 20 years, but it's, it's still the NWA world championship. So I don't know. They, they, like they've gone from recognizing certain titles to not uh, one. Cause I remember, I remember a few years ago when they, when they officially announced they were no, they would no longer recognize the TNA heavyweight championship as a world championship. So, but eh, whatever. I don't know. I just, I, I thought that was a funny question to, you know, yeah. ask. So, but yeah. Well, now that this uh, podcast is incredibly long, uh, we appreciate you all for sticking around with us and listening. Um, we'll probably return to our multi-episode format um, with our next week's episode. Um, but uh, we appreciate you sitting in and listening with us. Uh, as always, if you got a chance to go back through the archives and listen to our other episodes on your favorite app, please do so. If there's any type of like, rate, subscribe, please feel free to do so for us as well. We greatly appreciate it. As always, if you don't like the show, we do still have two words for you. You know what they mm -hmm. are. Um, thank you uh, to our sponsors for sponsoring the show as well. I'll have to figure out how to get both of those ads to run on a single episode, but you know, magic of editing. <laughs> um, did you did you actually go listen to those ads at all? Yeah, I did. They were good. Thank you. I was I was I was actually really proud. Um, and and both of them were very pleased with them. Um, the uh, I worked with them to come up with them and uh, then threw them together recording and did a little editing. That's when I started playing around audacity to see what i can do with things so did you see um did you happen to see uh killer cross's new name carrion cross yeah it's a little weird it is a little weird i don't know 
I hope that they go with Killer Carrying Cross and they call him KKK. Ooh. That, <laughs> that that's 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 TV fourteen, sir. We can't do that in the WWE. Hey, hey, we stopped recording. I could say it. But have we stopped recording? I mean, it's whatever. <laughs> you didn't say anything bad. It'd be yeah. hilarious though, let's be honest. Like they would like people would literally lose it'd their great, mind. It'd be a great way to get a heel over real quick. Oh yeah. The the reality check wrestling podcast in no way endorses anything of that nature or anything <laughs> having to do with those initials. Please don't think that. Yeah. Jansen just likes to see the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's it? What's his name? Kenneth, Kenneth Copeland would like to see the world right now too. Burn yeah. this thing! I digress. Yes. Okay, it's getting late. Out of here. Thank you. All Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of the Reality Check Wrestling Podcast. If you like this episode, don't forget to hit the subscribe and rate buttons on your favorite podcasting app. If you want to hear more from us, all of our previous episodes are available in our archives on your app as well. Don't forget to check out RAV Culture's other podcast, Drive-By Movies, where Veronica and I review movies from our car literally minutes after seeing them. If you get a moment, check out our friends at the Reality Check Wrestling Podcast. Of course, you can find our bitter rivals over at the Gimmick Minute Wrestling Podcast, along with other media junkies' properties such as Fanboy Fight Club, Rogue Agents, and Why Are You a Gamer? On Twitch TV, you can find Casey, aka Skeladude, by searching Skeladude, spelled S-K-E-L-L-A-D-U-D, and Whitney at Watch Whitney Play by searching Dragon Lily 21, D-R-A-G-O-N-L-I-L-Y-2-1. Don't forget to like us on Instagram at the reality underscore check underscore wrestling podcast and Facebook search the reality check or go to facebook.com slash the reality check 16 or you can feel free to follow me on my personal Twitter account at Legion Cage. That's L-E-G-I-O-N-K-A-J-E. Thanks again for listening and we'll talk to you soon.